Hello and welcome to a very special edition of This Is Ibrox, your Rangers podcast. It's me, Scott Patterson. I'm joined tonight by Tommy McIntyre and we're joined by two very special guests from Rangers Football Club. We're joined by Natalie Nairn, Partnerships and Projects Manager with the club. And we're also joined by the Supporters Liaison Officer, Greg Marshall. Really, really pleased that you guys can join us tonight. Thanks for coming along. Thank Thanks you for having us. us. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's always a great opportunity and we appreciate the time to run through some of the, the work that the club's doing at the moment. Thanks very much, Natalie. So a couple of things we want to speak about tonight. There's two huge anniversaries that we know uh, are, are coming up just around the corner. Um, firstly, I want to, to lead with the MyGers initiative, Natalie, if we can. Um, Tell us a little bit about that for, for any supporters that perhaps haven't enrolled in that already. Um, give us a chapter and verse. Yeah, so um, thank you. It's, um, My Jairs is the club's membership programme. Um, My Jairs is all about helping fans feel always Rangers, always rewarded. And what that looks like is an exclusive range of discounts, experiences, benefits and access that MyJairs members can receive by signing up and being part of the, the MyJairs family, so to speak. So one of the really exciting things that we can talk about um, this week in regards to MyJairs is MyJairs Weekend. So this weekend we're doing our first discount for MyJairs members to use in the Rangers store. So MyJairs members today will have received a unique code for them to receive 15% off a £50 minimum spend. That can be used online, which I know is particularly useful for fans based abroad who can't make it to the new stores that are now based in Glasgow. So um, that's an example of the, the type of discount that we offer with MyJairs and that was something certainly when we did fan feedback, you know, fans said, you know, that that's the kind of thing that they're looking for. So the retail discount, we also have the, the discount in the Argyle House restaurant as well, which is great. And, you know, MyJers is also about helping fans feel closer to the club. And that can mean lots of different things and different things to different people. But for non-season ticket holders, MyJers is a way to access experiences and opportunities that were previously only available to season ticket holders which you know when we started the research and the planning around a membership scheme one of the big drivers was non-season ticket holders saying to us unless you are a season ticket holder you sort of feel a bit out of the loop with the club and you're yeah. almost a season ticket holder or bust so which can be quite difficult particularly for international fans who want to feel kind of more official connection to the club and still find a way to to you know access benefits and you know loyalty mechanisms and so on so um so yeah so my jairs is also something that you know we were inspired by other clubs and how they use it as a fan engagement tool and you know there's you know, my jairs also has an important role in the the success of the club as well and you know I guess one of the things I'd love to take an opportunity to say is thank you to the existing MyJairs members who have signed up so far and it's fantastic to see the number of fans who have signed up. It's been a phenomenal response and I hope the members who have signed up so far, I, I hope you've been able to enjoy some of the benefits and exclusivity that we've been able to provide but I also hope those members take pride in the fact that by being a MyJairs member that membership revenue is something that goes directly back to the club and it's something that goes directly into first team improvements and first team investments. So, you know, my is very much about delivering 
benefit to the supporters, but the benefit that MyJers drives for the club is huge, particularly in a very unusual environment that we are in right now, where yeah. a lot of other opportunities for the club to create investment for the team are not available. So MyJers came at a very um, fortunate time for the club that it was a, a new channel for us to um, enable investment. So, Greg, I think listening to Natalie there is obviously something that is, I think in the first instance, very, very importantly, really well supported by everyone within Rangers Football Club. Yeah, look, my gels is something that the club fully believes in. Um, it's it's not been done half-heartedly. Um, we, myself and Natalie, the rest of the team involved, we, it's, it's every every section of, of the my gels project was thought over once, twice, three times, debated about, argued inside. We took it to fans' feedback groups where we had over tw- over 20 in Ibrooks. We went to Northern Ireland for a feedback session. Um, there was obviously the the, white, the wider um, uh, surveys and, and the like that was done. Like We have really um, embraced uh, the, the managers within the club, which I think is really, really important. And it was something that when we decided to do this, um, I was really keen on that being the, the case because it'd have been easy enough to slap twenty pound on the away scheme and say just join that and that's fine and it would have earned money and people would have bought into it because the tickets are there. But the reality is, is Natalie's right, is we had a bit of gap in the market where we had fans spending hundreds of pounds and fans who would love to have been in the situation to be able to join up and be a season ticket holder but just couldn't be because yeah. of circumstances and. They, that doesn't make them less of a fan because they're not be in that position, and it's it's a good way of trying to get that merge between the both. But it's been really encouraging, and as Natalie alluded to, this is like this year's not been the ideal year to launch a membership. No, that's like, not. If no. we had to pick our our timings, we wouldn't have picked this year. <laughs> is it because we went this year and we were in a situation where? Everything's ready to go. We, we pretty much had to go. Every, all the changes were made. The whole system was ready. Um, but the reality is, is that that we, we went with that, and the fans have backed it. I mean, we've over twenty six thousand fans joined us during a global pandemic. It's it's incredible. And as Natalie alluded to, that that investment that the fans have made is is went to improving first team facilities and and players and and. Like we're we're lucky enough that we've we've seen Ross Wilson um, allude to this in a in a message to Majors members this week, yeah. saying that that the, every every penny invested in Majors helps him do his job and helps the the guys that in the first team squad like do their job like and that let's be honest that's what we care about as fans isn't it like we, it is. be good now obviously we say that in ensuring that Rangers achieves the level we want it to achieve off the pitch as well and I think. I've been at Rangers three and a half years now and we're, we're making great strides in that regard. But ultimately, none of that matters if on the pitch isn't good because we're Rangers. Rangers is winning, right? Yeah. Anybody that thinks you can come to Rangers and winning's not anything you talk about, like, I'm not being funny, we, we, we're staff members, we, we talk about winning every day. And <laughs> you know, all, the vast majority of Rangers staff are obsessed with getting getting the first team where they are, that's why we joined Rangers in the first place. They feel like you're making that small contribution to to getting there. And look, the reality is, and it be as blunt as it is, see the see the contribution fans are making right now. Season tickets, my gels, Rangers TV, all those kind of things are moving towards it. But specifically around this, it's been said by the board, my gels helps the first team, and that's a fact. I know that's a hard sell, guys. And I'm going in heavy at the start, but, but that, it's, when it's that when it's that black and white, like. 
if, if you weren't sure about it or, or thinking about oh, I'll do it at some point, well, look, this is a perfect weekend for it. Five pounds, five pounds off the MyJers as well this weekend, isn't it, Natalie? Yeah, so um, as part of our MyJers weekend, um, to coincide with the 15% off discount in the Rangers store, we're also offering five pounds off all new membership sales as well. So in purchases, so whether that's um, you know, you're buying the, the junior one or the adult one or the global one, and um, there's five pounds off um, all of the packages that we offer within MyJers um, for this weekend only. So. So yes, it's a great time to, to join MyJers and hopefully um, increase our, our numbers and make MyJers continually stronger as well. One of the important things as well for this weekend is that any new members who join in will be sent that discount code as well. Excellent. I think that's some work that's went on with the MyJers team that's been really, really good because that's so that anyone feeling like now's the time to join, they're not going to be left out and miss out on any of the opportunities that my current MyJets members are getting. So I think that's really, really important to underline as well. Mm-hmm. Tommy, just we a, a quick question yeah. there. So, I mean, all that's extremely positive and it's a, it's a narrative that absolutely should be out there. And it's great to hear that there's direct investment from the MyJets into, into the playing squad. And the fact that there's been such great uptake, not only in the first tranche of memberships, but even the in my jail's interaction, I think something like 10,000 members voted on the, the tartan that was picked, for example, um, that was put out quite recently in rather flattering pictures of Derek Johnson. Um, <laughs> and DJ looks great in a great in a kilt. But I suppose we've, we've touched on that uh, global pandemic dynamic as well. And, you know, I'm sure there's been implementation challenges as well. No, no system goes in without anybody uh, challenging it. But I'm really interested as well, considering there's the push for more MyJers, quite rightly, to, to have that loyalty programme. Could you possibly, and Natalie, I'm maybe looking at you here more so than Greg at this moment in time, give us an idea of what the next iteration of MyJers looks like? What's, mm-hmm. what's the idea to develop this and make it even more interactive? Because I think we all feel that it's one of the strands of the closer strategy between the fans and the club at this point in time, which can only be a positive thing. So can you give us a flavour of that? Yeah, absolutely. And um, as you say, the the global pandemic is a big dynamic in things at the moment. And certainly once restrictions start to lift, um, the availability of experiences and interaction that we'll be able to offer through MyJers is something that we can be really um, excited about. Um, before we launched MyJares, we had planned in this summer to do things like an open training session for fans to come along to, which you know, sadly we weren't able to do. So you know, things, you know, we do believe that they will get back to normal and that's the type of experience that we can offer. Really taking up some of the experiences like mascot places, flag bearer places, all these things that feed into like a match day experience. Um, there's also things that we're having to do in a very socially distant and restricted scale at the moment. But you know, things like the, we had a couple of MyJers members along this week to recreate the Kamar Roof goal on the pitch at Ibrox. We could only do that with three people, and it was very res- restricted in terms of interaction. But once those restrictions lift, you know, being able to do a lot more in that space will be fantastic. And once we can do more with the first team playing squad from an interaction perspective, you know that will be a big boost to some of the interaction we can have with that as well. So I think um, you're spot on that we need, you know, we're always thinking what is the next iteration of MyJers and how can it evolve? And some of that will be experience based, which I've touched on there. And some of that will be how we 
change the dynamic around the loyalty program as well because it's been a very strange situation that we've created my Jair's points for the purpose of helping to allocate tickets but we don't have any tickets <laughs> at the moment <laughs> yeah. we don't have any games so so naturally you know in, in some ways we've outlined a lot of principles and those were things that you know, was fan insight and fan feedback that have brought us to the current place but we're very open-minded and receptive to the feedback that you know elements like that may need to adapt and you know already with some of the feedback we've received from fans you know some fans have asked for you know travel club points to be looked at again some fans have suggested that you know, would it be worth us having an additional loyalty tier within my jars at the moment we have gold silver and bronze but should we have for example a blue tier you know that that captures a different level of points and allows us to do things slightly differently so with all of that in mind and um, very soon we'll be doing a, a my jars survey that will canvas opinion on what how my jars has performed to date so it's an opportunity for fans to say what they like what they don't like what they'd like to see added to membership we'll also test some of those ideas around how we maybe change some of the points mechanisms and then we'll also use it as an opportunity to ask kind of more general things like you know welcome packs was that something that was that was that a good benefit this year is that something we should repeat next year if we do was the scarf and the presentation box and badge was that was that good or should we do a scarf again next year that's anniversary themed you know it'll be that that survey will be a good opportunity to get lots of fan feedback and you know we've done lots of them face-to-face groups and we will continue to do those because they're really good and get into a really good level of detail but I think um, now that we have an active MyJares community and database, we can go directly to the members and say, well, what can we do differently, you know, and what's working well and what's not. So, but we're always going to look to evolve MyJares. You know, we're very honest when it comes to MyJares in the sense that we're very proud of how it looks at the moment and we're very, you know, bowled over by the response we've had so far. And in, in the main, it's been very positive. But it was never going to be perfect or the finished product on day one you know we'll always need to adapt and as we should with everything as a club but particularly with something like membership which is which is new so um so yeah so feedback will be central to how we continue to develop my chairs i think it's a good thing to to um just to lean on the the tartan tommy you've mentioned obviously a tartan there with big derek um modeling the new um kilt this afternoon I've actually not long looked at it on, on social network. Really, really nice. Like it. Really like it. The last time that um, Rangers had a, a sort of tartan-themed kit, they were manufactured by someone else. And um, I remember having the, the sort of tartan top and shorts. Tommy, you're ages with me, so you probably had something similar. <laughs> and I remember thinking, that's really unique. But I think for our overseas fans, I think to have that sort of tartan identity with mm-hmm. All things Scotland. I think it's a really clever um, road to go down by the football club for this season. That's good. I'm so pleased that um, that you like it and that other fans like it. And it was great that my players put input to it. Um, Rangers have had a lot of nice patterns over the years. Um, this one is aligned to the new Ready Fest that launched in the summer, you know, part of that evolution. So the blues are really strong, Rangers blue, the red and the white have been tweaked as well to, to match the new crest. And it was time for us to, to change the tartan. You know, we have had people say, why did you change it? But 
you know, there was, there was other reasons linked to that as well. You know, we go through design patent processes where we need to renew and refresh those every so often. So the time was right to have a, a new tartan. And, you know, it's fantastic seeing it on Emma and Derek. It looks brilliant in terms of the outfits. And I think there's definitely scope to have you know, more tartan products, whether that's scarves, there was even um, face masks you can now get in tartan. And, you know, there's been a lot of people that since it launched today have been saying, like, where are the tartan carpets, the curtains, you know, we can, there's so much we can do because we're very lucky, like, the colours of Rangers are beautiful and they lend themselves really well to, you know, different patterns and designs like that. So, so yeah, it was, it was a great launch to get um, over the line. I look forward to uh, my, my tartan bonnet. Uh, in the post at <laughs> some point, um, so I, I definitely, I definitely need it. This, uh, this hair is absolutely disappearing uh, rapidly. To be honest with you, I wouldn't don't, go don't even go there, Thomas. Do not well, even go you're there. You're the buffoon after picture, obviously. <laughs> um, but I, I'm just, uh, you know, before Shane Warne wanders on uh, and tries to get to do this or something. But, uh, I suppose just for for both of you there, from Greg, from a supporters' perspective, and, and Natalie, from let's say more of a club business strategy perspective. What's been the the takeaway, or have you seen, with the the uplift of my jails, the really positive steps the club has taken from an engagement perspective, the extremely positive steps the club has taken in terms of professionalising the, the women's team and being a driving force, the first driving force in Scotland for that. Have you seen, uh, one, a difference in the dynamic of some of the support roles and the focus on that type of thing? And two, has that changed some of the dynamic of what would have been the natural expectation of who was joining my jails. I'm thinking particularly from a foreign element as well of fans across the globe. Um, from, from my perspective, um, I think currently we've, we've, what we've done, the majority of membership I've been dealing with is the standard Rangers fans have always been dealing with. Like I, I think the, the core of our membership in my jails are just your genuine normal Rangers fans who are feeling like they're contributing to help the club. Now, that's not to say that it's not brought in additional insight that otherwise they wouldn't have felt empowered to do. I think that's been a real positive with this, is that people now feel like the club's open to listen. And I think that's that level of fan engagement is something that I'm certainly trying to use to leverage within the club to ensure that we have, as a fan base, that, that sort of relationship with the club where it's very open and transparent. But as I say that, I'm very lucky in the sense that we have a board that's full of Rangers fans that broadly understands the Rangers fan base. So there's a lot of SLOs at different clubs who have a much harder time of that than me. And we've got a, we've even got an executive, executive board that work, work with myself and Natalie the, from a like office perspective and every one of them is open to listen like if I if I wanted to go speak to Stuart Robertson I phone him right now we take a call James Bisgrove Andrew Dixon every single one of them is open to listen um, which again I'm I'm lucky and privileged in my role that we have people there who listen to the fans and care about the fans thoughts now that's not to say every single decision they do and make is one that the fan necessarily agrees with but my job isn't necessarily make the club do things everything the fan agrees with. My job is sort of make the club consider the fan within their decision-making process. And again, I'm lucky and privileged that, broadly speaking, before I make that phone call or, or, or chat that door, it's part of that process or I've been getting engaged earlier and, and spoken about. So that's probably in a way that I'm privileged and lucky in that sense, which allows me to speak to our massive sort of wider fan base and, and get all the different feedback that comes in there. Uh, but like, uh, uh, the Rangers fan base is so broad. They see every opinion you think they'll have, they'll have that and a different one. <laughs> like, 
we are we are at times a massive stereotype of ourselves. <laughs> we two Rangers fans in the room, and there'll be three supporters clubs by the end of the meeting. But oh, we we have throughputs that go through the Rangers fan base. Like every one of us, whether you are incredibly like happy with the way things are going or you're a complete cynic, every one of us is driven by one thing, and that's success. That's all we care about as Rangers fans. Everything we do at Rangers must be to drive towards that success. And again, I say I'm privileged. Now, Rangers have done this and introduced my gels and we've, we've put forward our, our season tickets this year at a time of great uncertainty and a global pandemic. And our fans have went and backed that. And they've not backed it because of the uncertainty. that like nor, A lot of normal people, if you were making a normal decision out with a football, you'd go, well, maybe I'll wait and see what the outcome but as a fan, we don't make those decisions based on those. We, be, we, we make our decisions based on our loyalty to the club. Now, with that, there comes a great degree of responsibility from us at, who work at the club to make sure that we are doing all we can to ensure that, that that faith from the fan base is well placed. And I like to think we do all we can to ensure that we do that. Obviously, not every decision is going to be perfect. Not every decision is going to be agreed with. But broadly speaking, the people at Rangers appreciate the fan base that we have. But obviously my role at the club is sort of dual as well because I'm always the fan within the club that's saying that point and making sure it's thought about. And equally, I need to go out to, well, right now I'm speaking to you guys, so you put the club hat on and you <laughs> always joke I'm always in an argument with somebody that way. But um, it really is a case of, of trying to balance everything off. But the massive fan base that we have will always bring issues. Like, see if see if me and Natalie took every bit of feedback that came in, we could we could just if we if we only had to come off one person saying something, we could have created this in any way we wanted. Yeah. Because we had every different kind of feedback. What you need to try and do is drill into the themes and the, the continued items that were coming up and the reality was is my jails was, was demanded. Maybe not in the exact way that people envisaged, but we needed change in ticketing. Like that was that's a fact. If anyone argues with me otherwise saying it was a great scheme, I'm sure there's we have we have literally thousands of fans who think it was a great scheme. But we have ten times that who disagreed with it. Yeah. And that's just that's just the numbers. Like yeah. um we have such a large fan base and such a small allocation of tickets that, that we had to to look at changing that. Now whether that my jersey was the right the, the exact right thing to do, some will maybe disagree on that again. But I think broadly speaking, the principles behind what we've tried to achieve they, they, they fit the the focus groups that myself, Natalie, and others at Rangers done. Like those those helped us come up with what what we eventually came up with. Now again, coming back to something what you said before, this is a process. Like we are not at the end, and until we have six months, a year worth of games where tickets are getting allocated every game then I'm not confident in saying that this is exactly where we'll be next year because we'll take that feedback on board, we'll look at it. Now, I'm hoping that that like what we've done will work out good, but just be, like hope isn't the way, way you work on things. We work in facts and reality. So we'll take that feedback and we'll, fe- we'll ensure that we do the best that we can for Rangers fans. That's what we're going to do. So I, I don't know if I answered everything you were saying or went off on your tangent there, but um, if Natalie, you got anything to add on that? Yeah, I think it's... Um echo your point about feedback and being central to everything we do as a club generally but particularly with my jairs that it is a, a new system and I think you what you were saying about the principles that underline my jairs I think we're confident in all of those some of the technical detail and some of the the operational detail will have to evolve over time but my jairs was very much set up to help reward fan loyalty when it comes to accessing tickets and other moments the 
what we had to do though was balance that principle of rewarding loyalty without creating a system that can accidentally lock out lots of fans, particularly younger fans who don't have, you know, track history with the club. So, you know, my chairs then, it was how do you create a, a loyalty tiering and a situation like that that helps to reward loyalty? Because that's something that fans have been asking us to do for a long time. You know, the, the, the random ballot process had a lot of critics and, you know, and I can understand some of the criticism. So there had to be change and there had to be progression. But how do you reform ticketing whilst also not creating a purely loyalty driven system that accidentally blocks out certain fans from being able to access exciting games and exciting tickets and that was very much something when we spoke to some clubs when we were thinking about how to develop membership clubs who have implemented a purely loyalty based system where you know the more points you have the closer you are to the top and the more ticket access you have that has made it a difficult environment for particularly younger fans to get on the ladder and get to finals and get to away games. So we wanted to do something that, that does have elements of loyalty feeding into how tickets are distributed. But the reason we created silver and bronze was to allow, to create windows of opportunity, so to speak, so that people within lower points brackets at the moment still can access tickets. And I think that's quite a useful point to actually talk about um, you know, in, in a forum like this, because I think, unfortunately, some people have seen gold, silver and bronze as a way that the club wants to divide the support or create you know, artificial elitism or you know, class systems. And it was honestly for the opposite reason, because the easiest thing to have done would have been to put all fans in one pot and rank everybody top to bottom and say, yeah, it's just the people at the top are only rewarding loyalty um, at the very, very top. In some ways that could have been easier and it would have taken away criticism about us putting different fans in different tiers that the tiers were actually enabled to allow fans who might be a bit further down the loyalty at the moment for lots of different reasons. You know, maybe you're a younger fan that's just started supporting the club, maybe you're only moved back to being close to Ibrox, you know, there could be all different reasons. But the reason those levels were created was to actually still give people within lower tiers opportunity to games, you know. So, and it's a, that's probably one of the things keen to address because I think perhaps that principles been lost a little you know people think oh like you know the club only cares about you if you're gold it's literally the opposite the club cares about all fans and the only way that we could give the sense of being able to go to games to every you know every stage of points was to create different levels but that's not to say it's perfect you know I've mentioned that we will need to change things and you know I think you mentioned earlier in the call maybe we create a blue tier that adds further refinement and further options within the scale that we have at the moment but hopefully you know just um, it, it, it's putting us on the right track and how we can create better ways of distributing tickets and so on so yeah, um, they have that type of system and um, through my role I deal with all the SLOs up and down the country so John Paul Taylor who's a, my counterpart over at Celtic 
I know he has every bit the same problems that I used to have with our random ballot system. And now, obviously, um, Rangers fans and Celtic fans will know exactly the same. But like in terms of numbers, they have a decent number that travel away games similar to ourselves with the same allocations broadly. And if we created just the same system that we know is failing over there, then that's us, that's not us solving a problem. That's us just pushing a problem down the line for a couple of years. Yeah. I mean, and what we've done with this is it's bespoke to Rangers. It's unique across football. And with that, obviously, there's the risk that maybe we'll need to tweak it along the line and change it over time. But I'm quite proud that the club was bold enough to take that step. And to be fair to them, again, the club invested a decent amount in the research on this. Like, it wasn't just something that's put together. said previously, you could just put £20 in a way, scheme and away you go. Like, they thought hard about it. And it's interesting because, obviously, if, if we're focusing just purely on ticketing, which my jazz is way more than just ticketing, so, and quite often that, that fuels the narrative again because that's often what, the fans, a lot of fans that join will have that in mind, right? And that is a key driver of it. None of us are naive to that. And therefore, it's going to be the thing that, it's probably the thing that dominated most of our thinking on it, isn't it, Natalie? Was this ticket aspect because it's one of the most important things. It's so challenging because you say yeah. that there's, unfortunately, there's not a perfect system for as long as we have many, many more fans than we have tickets to offer. So there's never going to, the perfect system is every fan who wants a ticket gets a ticket. And unfortunately, that's just impossible. I wish it, I wish it wasn't, you know, I wish it didn't have the, the magic ticket machine that some people think that they do in the ticket centre. But yeah, no, I get accused of having that at away games. <laughs> um, but look, the reality is, is as well, is because we're really keen to talk about the wider parts of my jersey as well. Um, but the ticket is really important and that's something we're always going to receive feedback on because that is something we'll adapt and evolve over time and look at different aspects. Um, but it is interesting that when you drill down into the numbers, like um, the away scheme last year was, I think, 14-odd thousand, 14,500 after like a month or two. Yeah. And roughly about half of them have signed up to my jails currently. So for me, that's not actually a negative. That sort of shows that the system that we had in previously was has been manipulated to a degree, which I think, see, any fan that, that knows in depth about the way scheme that we ran, we knew that. We knew it was, it was the, 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 because there was no barriers to entry, there was nothing in there, that it was always going to be open to that way. And to an extent, with the system we have, the number of fans that we have, you don't, you can't really blame fans for trying to get themselves access to tickets. So with this, what we're trying to do is put more tickets into the hands of fans who are looking to go to more things and see if you do... It, all our test numbers and details that we ran in every scenario, um, you should end up with more tickets if you're a gold member than you would have in a random ballot. Like that's just true. Like, and again, silver should end up with more, bronze maybe less, but that's bronze can be built up over time as well, and that that's part of the balance, isn't it? So um, I think we'd like to move on probably in the more wider stuff, but just to say that we are really open to the ticketing conversation. It's something that's ongoing. It will always be the core. But really, we need to get into the, into the situation where we can actually have fans in the stadium before. Yeah, absolutely. We can, we can learn lessons that need to be learned going forward, you know? I think my jersey is it's a, a, a wonderful scheme. I think listening to you guys, it's clear you're both very passionate about it. And I think that... The big thing for me, I can't speak for Tommy, but I'm sure he's along similar lines. It's, it's happening to know that the club are, are listening to the support. So if someone's brave enough to put their hand up and say, listen, I don't agree with this. There are ways that you could maybe make this better, stroke, fairer. I think it's really good to listen to two guys at the, the forefront of, of it saying, we're going to listen to what you've got to say. I appreciate that. Um, 
so we're at a, a great time for a club just now. We're flying. Rangers are doing great just now. Um, however, we are approaching a, a time when it's a bit of a solemn day, 2nd of January 1971, when 66 supporters um, lost their lives at the at the ground. I think it was a day that, that changed Scottish society in, in many different ways, but I think importantly it changed the way that football fans um, would go to the game for good, um, particularly travelling back and forth to Ibrox. Um, Greg, 50 years on the 2nd of January 2021. I appreciate in the current climate it's going to be hard to to do all the maybe the memorial services that you had perhaps planned maybe at the beginning of this year. What are the plans for that just now? Look, it's exactly, it's really difficult. See, obviously, myself, like I, I, I'm, I go to the, the services each year. Uh, again, as part of the, the SLO role. Um, me and myself, Stuart Macquarie, we spoke last year about all the plans that we could do, and we had meetings. Natalie was heavily involved, of course, as well. And with we all these plans set up, and ultimately, COVID basically ensured that what well, none of the initial plans that we had possible in any way, which is yeah. really, really unfortunate. Um. The thing is, is the club can't really commit to anything right now because the situation's ever-evolving. Mm-hmm. And therefore, what we're seeking to do, and that's why the update came out um, the other day, was make sure like family members, survivors, and anyone who feels they wish to get in contact with the club, please do so now. Okay. Like, let's provide the feedback that you want, and hopefully that will help us shape the, the situation going forward. Now, we have, a, we have a number of ideas, we have a number of scenarios running simultaneously. The reality is, is there's no point committing to anything right now because until we have clarity on what, what we have, it's you don't want to start saying, oh, we're going to do this, and then you end up slightly lower than that, and it's, it seems like it's a disappointment. Yeah. And what I would say is, is you're right, 100%, that that day is the most important day in Rangers history. There is no one that will tell me otherwise. Now, obviously, all of us in this call are, are too young to have been there, but uh, from a personal perspective, my, my, my dad was there that day. Um, uh, a friend of his was one of the ones who unfortunately passed away. Yeah. Um, he, he he was at the top of the stairs and met some of his friends and just happened not to go down that way. So if he didn't meet his friends there that day, I might not have been here. Yeah, you, know, you know what I mean. And that's not to be dramatic or anything, but it's literally it could happen to any Rangers fan. It yeah. could have happened to anyone, and that's a horrible, horrible thing. But over the last couple of days, I've spoken to a number of the family members, and there's so many really harrowing and upsetting stories, and. I know that there's been some really good, like, um, last year, the Heart and Hand Lads, uh, it was two years ago, I think it was, Heart and Hand Lads done a podcast that covered um, the memories of the Ibrox disaster. And I, I, I had to try to listen to it four different times and put it yeah. off because I was too upset at the time. Yeah. I mean, you eventually get through it, but it's such a horrible, horrible day that we as a club need to do all we can to ensure that those people get the appropriate level of respect and remember, because you're right, they changed they changed Rangers forever, they changed football forever. Indeed. And that their, their situation will be something that's carried with us. As I said, not, we, none of us are of that generation, but every one of us feels how important that is. Yeah. Tommy, it's completely changed the way that um, we go to games now. Generally, it's completely changed our... Are just our manner of going back and forward to Ibrox, hasn't it? It has, and, and you know, not to not to add too much to what to what you guys were saying there. You know, the the ripples of the the sadness from that day actually had, and this shouldn't ever be forgotten, had a really positive benefit for future fans. There are fans absolutely out there who did get home based on some of the sacrifices that were made by you know by Rangers fans, and and that's a good 
a good point at the end of what was an incredibly tragic circumstance. I suppose the, the important thing you know, to hear from, from Greg there, and I'm sure Natalie will back that up, is I think the support fully understands it's hard to commit to anything in the current, uh, the current landscape, you know, such a rapidly changing world, but that the club are clearly, via the communication to, to, to people who have a, a real personal interest, and I'm sure there'll be further communications as we move uh, closer to the anniversary, the club are very aware of their obligations as an institution and as the, the kind of office bearer of, of people's um, memories to to be reaching out and to be putting that front and centre of you know what they're doing at this point in time. And once they can commit, they, they will land on things. I suppose, you know, going back to Greg and Natalie here, should people expect further communications and updates to allow them to understand that? Because I think the transparency of that's probably really emotive and important in this scenario. Absolutely. As, as soon as we're in a position to be able to share more precise details on the commemorative activity, we'll certainly do so. At the moment, um, the only thing we can 100% commit to is we're exploring every possible opportunity um, for enhanced match day commemorative activity. Of course, we've got the, the old fun game that weekend and it's at Ibrox, so there's a real opportunity there to, to do some additional commemorative activity. And then depending on um, COVID, depending on the match date itself, um, we'll also look at what we can do in terms of a service. Um, working with really difficult circumstances and predictable circumstances right now. Um, for example, um, services at the moment are restricted to 50 people, so it's almost an impossible situation when we have six people who are directly affected and many, many more who weren't affected through many family members they lost, but in different ways. So that's such a challenge and it's such a kind of impossible and almost horrible position for us to be in that, that we can at this point, you know, under two months away say this is exactly what's happening. So it's a real shame that um the pandemic's creating these circumstances. So um the always remembered communication channel that launched this week is going to be really important to the planning and the activities. So if um always remembered um has an email address that can be used. So that's always remembered at rangers.co.uk. So if you are somebody who is impacted by a disaster in many different ways, please feel free to use that as an opportunity to speak to the club in a considerate, discreet, if you would like, confidential way to, to share your experience and ideas for how we should commemorate the anniversary. Understandably, email might not be the preferred mode of contact for a subject nature of this type, or email just may not be somebody's thing. So we also have a phone number set up, and we also have a postal address. So please, please, if it's um, you know, you're somebody who would like to get in touch with the club to share your experience or opinion and insight into how the club should then commemorate, then uh, please use that channel, and certainly the club is in key very keen to put the, that type of feedback at the heart of the activity and although we can't share too many exact details of logistics um, as soon as we can we will and um, absolutely that feedback will be central to it so but yeah it's, it's approaching very quickly it's such an important date it always is but particularly with the 50th anniversary yeah. you know, we're very aware of the the dignity and the standards and the scale that 
you know, we should be aiming for for this and we'll do everything we can to ensure that it delivers on expectation. So so thanks for giving us an opportunity through this and forum to, you know, provide some awareness to always remember because I think that's a really important um tool, you know, and channel for fans to have and um, hopefully very soon, you know, we could come back on and give some more details around the, the activity. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Greg, this week the, the club have also um, announced the, the Team Talk initiative just in the last, in fact, I think it was yesterday, maybe even this afternoon, it came out, the Team Talk initiative. Would you fancy letting us know a little bit about that? Well, obviously as a, a charity foundation will be running that, but like, I think it's probably one of the, the things I'm most pleased about that the Charity Foundation have done in, in my time at the club and that, that I'm someone who is so proud of everything the Charity Foundation does. Indeed. Prior to working at Rangers, I was a little bit of a standard Rangers fan of, oh, the Charity Foundation do good work, but not really paying attention to it. Of, Until you get there. <laughs> you the, the sea level effort that goes into it, it it's phenomenal, but... It's something that has been a, a little bit of a while in the making. Uh, they've been working hard to try and get it into this position. But obviously, look, mental health and mental well-being is something that football clubs are in a privileged position to be able to tackle in a way that other people aren't. The the, the demographic who's most affected by that is it's adult males. I think it's is it under 40s. Um, the reality is that's, your, that's our demographic. That's our bread and butter fan. I mean, in, like, every everyone... Everyone will know someone who's unfortunately suffered from mental health. Many people will have suffered from it. And part of these things is removing that stigma away. Football's, again, in a position to do that in a way that, that otherwise uh, other, other organisations aren't. But, so I'm really, really chuffed that the, 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 the team at the Charity Foundation to be able to pull this one off. So see anyone that's looking to get involved in that, have a look at the club website that will link to it. Uh, the Charity Foundation will be on there too. But uh, Rangers Charity at rangers.co.uk, if you email them, because of COVID guidelines right now, I think long term the idea would be it'd be a drop-in. You, can, you don't need to announce it, you can just come in. But due to COVID, they're having to pre-book spaces, which again, it's not ideal in that situation, but it's better than, than, than that. But they have... Um, they have people there who, who can help you chat away and the reality is you can just go along and you just you don't need to talk about anything that's upsetting or anything like that you can just go and be there and be present yeah. I know from first hand experience uh, speaking to people that have been on it that the football fans and training course that the Jerry Foundation do which is by far the most popular course that they do sadly I'm not yet 35 so I've not been able to piggyback on it and lose a bit of weight <laughs> but, um, once that hits I'll be on that that's <laughs> <laughs> I get accepted but, um, uh, I know that guys that go there and just feel part of something, being in the reality is, is the majority of the guys go, go up because it's at Ibrooks and just want to go down and go be involved. Yeah. And the guys say that, that their mental health vastly improves there and that they get fitter and everything like that. So see something that's specifically targeting mental health, but it's at Ibrooks. For me, that will just get so many people who otherwise yeah. would, would be sitting in their own shells, not, not really thinking about any, even try to get help, it'll get them out of that. So I think the guys deserve massive applause for that. I really, really do. And it, this week, it just seems one thing after another, some really good stuff happening at Rangers right now. And the Charity Foundation are a big, big part of that. Yeah, great time for the Charity Foundation, of course. Last weekend, having um, simply the best night in. And the generosity of Rangers football fans never fails to amaze me. Just under £60,000 raised in three hours last Saturday night. This is something I see very regularly, right? They see if you set a marker by Rangers fans, we'll beat it. Yeah. What we do, like, we are phenomenal that way. Like, I mean, you, and it's literally anything, like, uh, we we alluded to my gels, like, no one would have thought we'd hit over 26,000 during a global pandemic. Season ticket holders, 46,500. I mean, let's be honest, 
none of us would have predicted that. No. None of us. But even then, I, like we were all having debates in, inside and like sort of thing. And I, I went quite high, but I was miles off it. I was one of the highest <laughs> ones. In the and we still beat it. And the thing is, as well, it's across the board. Everything you do, you look at the, the cash flow kit sales numbers. Phenomenal. Like, everything is unreal. But that's your fan base. And you know what? It comes back to something that we said earlier, because we demand success and we drive towards that success. So seeing everything we do, we'll be the best at it. We, we, we want to be that. And sometimes, as club employees, it can mean that our fan base are a little bit harsh at times on things. But you know what? Part and parcel being at Rangers. You need to deal with that. And you need to be trying to be the best. And you know what? Um, I think all of us would rather it was that way another way. That, yeah. So. I always remember a, a, a famous quote by Sunis, and I, I maybe paraphrase not a bit when I arrived to Ibrox and he said the second was absolutely nothing yeah. and um, I think as, as you, you sort of grow older with that quote um, it's something that resonates you every season as it passes like soonest throwing away the second place medals and runner up yeah. medals and things like yeah. that you know that's um, that yeah. big part of his psyche and it represents the club so Indeed. And like, to be fair though that, that is why Graham Soonest is a Rangers icon well, that is why he's treated in a regard. The, the only person I think in, that, that, that I know that's treated in any way the same regard as Graham Soonis is you've got John Gregg and you've got Walter Smith. Yeah. See the way the fans sort of reveal them. And obviously, like, we've got our icons that we love and adore, but they guys are different. They are, yeah. they are like the statesmen of Rangers Football Club. And obviously, we had two of them on Rangers TV earlier this year for the Galatasaray game. And I must admit, I was very, very chuffed with that. <laughs> so all the subscribers let me tell you <laughs> Natalie I'm going to come to you next obviously recently we've seen footage of uh, Edmiston House completely disappear um, as plans for the 150th anniversary of the football club um, mm -hmm. begin to take shape uh, I appreciate there may be things you can or cannot say is there anything you can maybe give us for, for what we can expect for that, that big period of time yeah, so it's such an exciting anniversary on the horizon. It's, it's, it's two anniversaries almost because our 150th is March 2022. Of course, just after that in May 2022, it'll be 50 years since that famous night in Barcelona. So what an exciting you know, period of anniversaries and events that are just around the corner. So um, we're very proud and honoured to be you know, approaching those anniversaries, you know, when you think about it. You know, we're so far ahead of some other clubs and we are the first club, major club to be hitting 150 years. You know, you look at Leeds last season, it was their centenary clubs in the Premier League like West Ham are 125 this season. When we're 150, Real Madrid are 120. So, you know, we are so far ahead and it's, so, it's such a privilege and a special time for all of us as Rangers fans to, to celebrate the 150 years. So one of the things that um, when we started to talk to fans about what should our anniversary season and how should it be shaped? And fans were very vocal and very passionate about the 150 years should not just be one game. It should not just be one month. It needs to be a full campaign of celebration. So for us as a club, that will be season 21-22. So we'll open with quite a big bang when it comes to the anniversary next summer. So there'll be elements of that that will be the anniversary themed kits. So it's a good opportunity to say thank you again to MyJairs members because um, a little while ago we asked MyJairs members for inspiration and ideas for an anniversary kits and the response we had to that was fantastic. You know, it was great. Some people had really put in so much 
detail and thought, you know, people shared with us CADs, they shared with us collages of, you know, kits that they think we should develop. We had some great ones from little kids. Yeah, I'm, little I'm kids. sorry about that, Natalie, I won't do it again. <laughs> <laughs> So that, that so the anniversary kits will be a massive feature of the anniversary season. That will coincide with um, our summer launches, and in the summer, all going well, um, we'll have some very exciting games as well to announce to fans. You know, we're working very hard behind the scenes for some exciting friendlies. Of course, you know, COVID has been a big spanner in the works with that as well. And, you know, we don't know what the world's going to look like next week, never mind next summer in March 2022. But, you know, given how important this anniversary is and given the scale that we want to achieve, at the moment, we are still working on best case scenario, you know, in a full year of um, impressive events and activities for fans to be involved with. As you say, Edmonston House is such an exciting project and no work is underway to regenerate and redevelop that. And that represents so much in terms of how Rangers is ready for the future. You know, that Edmonston House with you know, museum, a museum, a state-of-the-art fan zone that we've wanted for so long, um, a state-of-the-art retail space, which will all just be you know, fantastic things that will benefit all types of fans because that's what the anniversary has to be as well it has to be allowing fans from all around the world and you know young fans old fans family groups you know people on their own you know there should be something for everybody when it comes to the anniversary season and that's very much the objective so it will be a, a full year worth of um, celebration so to speak and we'll start to provide a bit more detail around that in terms of you know hopefully games and activities and events hopefully from about March 21 you know hopefully by then the world looks a little bit more normal yeah <laughs> so absolutely a bit more um, stable in terms of what we can do but that's also a nice time to talk about um, the anniversary because it'll be one year exactly until March 2022 which is our, our big birthday month and you know, I spoke about some of the other clubs that have um, recently had anniversaries and, you know, like Leeds, for example, their centenary last season. You know, we've naturally we looked very closely at some of the things they did and, you know, some of the things they did in relation to where the club was founded. You know, we took some inspiration from that and we were very lucky. We have such a, a brilliant story in terms of how Rangers was founded. You know, four young lads who had a dream, you know, they didn't have a ball. You know, there's activities and you know commemorative activity almost that we can do around that to kickstart things there's so many amazing and impressive eras and moments as a club that we can celebrate so there's lots to come there'll be vip events there'll be family events there'll be fan zones there'll be events for fans all around the world there'll be events that happen at ibrox there'll be ones that happen elsewhere in glasgow so um so yeah as much uh, would love to share more detail and actually the main reason is just COVID <laughs> you know I would hate to say yeah, we're doing this and that and, <laughs> you know somebody something else happens but um, there's lots going on but again although we are you know very much you know advancing at pace with our um, anniversary plans if there's feedback and if there's uh, ideas that you know, fans want to share again we're totally open and receptive to, to ideas around that because you know the 150th is so important as I say we're the first major club to be hitting that milestone so there's almost a, a responsibility as a club to you know do it with us <laughs> you know we need to do that and you know as, as fans we've 
we've had challenging years and challenging seasons. So I think we all deserve a, a very special anniversary season to look forward. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Tommy, we've said since the start of the season that um, on on our weekly pod that um, it's a really exciting time to be a Rangers fan. Mm-hmm. We're saying that because. It's going to be 55 this year, let's be brutally honest. But I think listening to, to Natalie and Greg speak there, Natalie's really spoke up the, the celebrations that are going to lead from just into next year. The fans will get absolutely swept away with this. It's going to be a really good time. Totally. You know, I started to sit forward there. I mean, I'm part of this conversation <laughs> and I started to get more exciting. Like, I was listening to it. Um, yeah, I mean, I think everything's, everything's coming into place there, right? So... We're really good on the pitch, which is the big driver. I think Greg mentioned that earlier on. Everything comes from that. But there's also a sense of everything's going in the right direction for Rangers. And we're now back to comporting or managing our own affairs mm-hmm. in, a, in the way that's really responsible and expected of the, you know, the premier sporting institution in the country. And so things like you know appropriately approaching a loyalty programme, appropriately approaching uh, a milestone anniversary, appropriately approaching the uplift of some of the um, the fan engagement stuff as well. And then, uh, and something that's sometimes missed as well, whilst we do things like the, the museum and the um, uh, and these types of things, we're uplifting the local area mm-hmm. as well. And people forget that Rangers, first and foremost, back to those four lads, is you know, a community club. Uh, and we've always looked out for, for our own city. It gets overlooked sometimes that we put a lot of money back into the city and back into the, into the, the country as well. Um, the only kind of ending part of that, because it is really exciting and I'm, I'm trying to keep myself grounded because uh, that's, that's not my usual way, but um, is I, I, I uh, don't envy the people who have to pick from the tapestry of triumph that we have yeah. and say those are the bits that we'll talk about within the anniversary. So, I mean, really excited to see where we, where we go with that, what we do with it. I think I'm like every fan. Really, really excited to see the plans once they're, once they're able to be landed. Yeah. In, in relation to that point of picking from the tapestry of success in history, um, a club archivist, Joe Morrison, was, was speaking to me the other day. Me and him had a wee bit of catch-up. And he was uh, David Mason, our, our club historian, and him are obviously in constant dialogue in relation to the upcoming museum, so very, very exciting. And he listed off, um, I can't even remember the number, but it's 10 or 15 most important games in our history. And we got to the we got to the end of it, and it's like we need more. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, there's a listed number, and 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 I'm not sure which match was missing, but but there's a match missing that I went straight away. And he said, "I said the same." <laughs> it's, it's hard though because obviously your first league, your first Scottish Cup, your first trebles. Then every treble year is, is it deserves recognition, and it just goes on and on. And, and like, but that's yeah, like, like that's the job of the guys, isn't it? That's what they need to do is, is try and pick that out. But that's also something as well as we talk about that, that my year's being dynamic, which is totally true. But the museum's going to be dynamic and modular as well, and you can take different focuses at different times and, and adapt and change. And and like one of the things that's unfortunately not happened this summer uh, there. Um, though probably down in our, the average Rangers fans' priority was, is we were going to do a little feature on the European Championships at Ibrooks in relation to Rangers players. And it had been quite cool because it was it was basically taking the, the tour at Ibrooks, but with a twist on it and yeah. new, new ideas and going in and, and stuff like that's getting developed. And it would, have, it would have been a driver for revenue because people would want to come in and see it. But from my perspective, I was just keen to see what the guys were able to pull out. And 
it's a wee shame that didn't happen, but maybe next season, uh, assuming it's all normal, we'll be able to have little elements of that. But what Natalie alluded to earlier about our origins, and I think that's something that we should never forget. Rangers were founded to basically be the best. That's what the guys wanted to be. Like, obviously, you get the Moonlighters nickname and everything that goes back into it. Anyone that's not done the Founders Trail should do it because it's fascinating. And But, like, we, we had a team of young guys who were just desperate to be the best. And that's how we got to be the biggest club in the country, the biggest club in the world. That, that, that you can argue with our success, you know. Mm-hmm. But like, that's that's a phenomenal origin that we should never forget because the identity of Rangers fans that's still it. We just want to be the best, and everything we do is to push ourselves to be better. Mm-hmm. Like everything else is noise. Like we just want to be the best, and we want to dominate Scottish football and beyond. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It's been a long, long time, but we're getting there. Um, I love my advanced stats. You look at your XGs and all that, and everything like that. We're playing brilliant. Like we look like we're playing brilliant on the eye, but the, but the underlying numbers show that we're performing. We, <laughs> we need to ensure that we can do that across the rest of the season. And now we're actually talking about football. We're definitely with my professional expertise. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, you're in good company, then. We're, we're all good. Exactly <laughs> the reality is, is and again, like I'll do my corporate sale and stuff. See, because the fans have backed the team in the way that they have, and look, that's where a massive caveat that we owe an awful lot to this board who have invested money in the club consistently over the last few years, and that deserves a massive amount of respect. Take away the fact that, obviously, they're sort of my bosses. And <laughs> but that aside, they have massive respect for being able to do that, and they're doing that because the vast majority of them are massive Rangers fans. Now, we have some non-Rangers fans involved in the mix there, which helps keeps us pushing towards excellency, which, again, that's what we want. But the reality is, is without the Rangers fans being there and backing the club in the way that we've done, we wouldn't have the squad that we have now. We wouldn't have been able to maintain that squad over this global pandemic. That's a fact. That's why Ross Wilson's saying that my jails is important and going to help us improve these kind of things. That's the reality of the situation is that individually, it's a small contribution, but collectively, it's a massive contribution. And that's what we have. We are a collective powerhouse. And at times it frustrates me that in Scottish football, I think at Rangers, we do a, a good job of fan engagement, but in general in Scottish football, we don't. Yeah. Like, it's part of my role at the club. I've never spoken to the SFA or SPFL other than some stuff to do with uh, making sure that they, they check out the SFA and shows that I'm doing my SLO role, which is great and fine. We've got some other organisations, but at Rangers, I think that's central. What we need to do is ensure that fans feel that the club cares about us because like, we do. That's a fact, like, Rangers genuinely cares about our fan base. But sometimes if it doesn't feel like that, it doesn't matter if you care. So you need to do all you can to do that. And over the last three and a half years that I've been at the club, I've seen that improvement and I felt that myself. I felt as now we're in a better position now. I feel better. Like I speak to fans, I'm able to give more examples of it when someone's feeling a bit down. I mean, like everybody can has a time where they just like something goes wrong and they feel a bit disillusioned with something and sometimes Rangers comes under that and quite often if the guys are really angry enough I'll be the one and end a phone call and I'm, I'm confident that we've got enough ammunition within what the club does to show that the club cares and, and that will continue and that's not to take it for granted because you can never rest in your laurels at Rangers Football Club again it's about striving for excellence and my belief is that we need to push towards and use the circumstances to try and provide the best fan engagement experience that we can do and, and ultimately try and get that level of expertise 
in my job, I'm, I'm, I'm able to do a little bit to help towards that, but you need the whole club to back you, and, and my belief is that the club is there, and that's what we're striving towards, so I'm really, really encouraged. I'm a lucky guy to be SLO at Rangers. Now, obviously, I'm a Rangers fan. I wouldn't be SLO anywhere else. <laughs> I'm not interested in any other football club. You know, we're all Rangers fans. That's the way it is. Absolutely. But I can tell you what, there's a lot of SLOs and a lot worse situations in various different clubs across the country and beyond. Like, I'm very lucky that we've got guys that genuinely care about the fan base there, and long may that continue. So, Natalie, I'm going to give you the last word before I let you guys disappear. Um, Tommy and I and other guys on the This Is Ibrox podcast have spoken quite often, really, in the last couple of weeks, how there seems to be a, a positivity and a general change of mentality in the the guys that we see doing the bread and butter stuff. I get the impression from listening to you two um, that that positivity and that sort of can-do and will-do mentality is transferred all around the staff that you don't see um, with Rangers Football Club. Is is that a, a sort of fair assumption this year, do you think? Is there a change on? Yeah, that's spot on. I think that, you know, relentless desire to win and succeed, it's very much evident on the pitch, but it's something that runs through the club at every level. So, you know, we're, we're committed to success and success all roads lead to success on the pitch, but everybody behind the scenes is very committed and very passionate um, to do the best that we can for Rangers at all times. So very exciting. You know, the club's going through a lot of different transformations. You know, there was the the like the visual identity change that happened in the summer with the new ready dress and brand guidelines. That really helped us to be a much more digitally native brand that you know works well on websites and we've got an app coming soon and we've got lots of exciting things that way. So you know we're constantly evolving whilst doing that in a way that is careful and considerate to traditions and you know what we're all about but you know we're very focused on the future we're focused on growth and you know expanding rangers and making us all stronger so so yeah it's um that desire to win that the team have is very much echoed by every other department at rangers as well and to highlight what greg said it's you know it's a privilege you know to be at rangers and you know and and play my own part and play as part of a wider team as well to, to lead to success. Yeah, well done. Just for context, guys, Natalie is as big a Rangers fan as you'll find. <laughs> <laughs> like genuinely, like I sometimes I sometimes like have to ask myself if, if I should just ask Natalie to do, do some of my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Always coming out with something staunch. You know? Well, listen, guys, I, I, yeah. I really appreciate you coming. Sorry, Greg, carry on. I just wanted to finish off by thanking you guys for having us on. Uh, we really appreciate that. We're obviously, again, over time, things change. Now, what we are trying to do is, again, be more open, transparent. Uh, from my own perspective, I'm now part of communications as well as operations, which is a, a change that I think sort of fits within what the SLO dialogue is. Again, the majority of people slag me off on Twitter, so I may as well include that as within that. <laughs> you know, but genuinely, what we're trying to do is be as open and transparent as possible, especially during a time where it's hard. No one can just pop into iBooks and see you or jump over and see you at a game. Yeah. I think it's essential that we take all, all uh, inroads in there. And we know you guys are, uh, are relatively new in the scene, but you're doing quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, so good, good on you. It's, Thanks. It's a decent time to jump on the Rangers podcast, to be fair. If you're, I, can, I can understand maybe missing it during the... During the <laughs> it's amazing break. what lockdown will drive you to. <laughs> 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 Uh, but look, guys, the more Rangers content, the better. I think that's like we're thriving on, and that's that's something that look we as a fan base 
we we're all interested in ourselves. That's where we are. And like, there's a broad spectrum. We've spoke to you guys. We've spoke to our couple of guys, and now everyone needs to do a cracking job. Um, and you know what? Their doors are always open. If you wish to get in contact over anything, well, maybe not pop on every time. I don't. I don't want to become just another podcast guy. <laughs> I don't think I've got enough to say. Why <laughs> having a rant about something at some point? But um, we we just to reiterate, we do appreciate it, and and thanks to all your your you guys and your listeners. Really enjoyable, and I hope it's been informative for your listeners. I hope you guys have enjoyed it as much as me and Greg have, and. Certainly, we'd love to jump back on when there's more exciting developments to talk about, and that will be sooner rather than later, I'm sure. Indeed. Thanks very much for for joining us and um, giving us all the great stuff. You've told us that. Really appreciate it, Tommy. We will catch up next week. Greg, Natalie, I, I think I can honestly say you're welcome back anytime you like. You'll be very welcome. Thanks. 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 You're the best. Let your fear out, let your